What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. What's up, Matt? What's going on, my friend? What are you doing? Oh my gosh, turn that off. He's Matt, just turn that off. Uh-oh. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to Yeah. Woo! I'm going to have to edit this out. I'm sorry. Boomer sooner. Boomer sooner. Boomer sooner. Jared, what's going to happen? I'm going to have to edit this out. What's going to happen on Saturday? Well, Matt, you better hope that the Sooners beat the Longhorns. Oklahoma, Oklahoma. I really, really hope that the Longhorns win (laughs) because this episode comes out two days after the game. And so it's going to be so amazing if if you guys lose. That's the fun fun of it, man. And if the Sooners win, then I'll just edit this out. No harm, no no foul. No way, way, man. Yeah, way, man. That's the benefit. Yeah. That's the benefit of being the one who actually does the recording. Is that I have, I have the power over what goes on to this podcast and what doesn't. Jerry's the producer, editor, director. That's right. That's right. Uh, What's up, I'm man? Just the, I'm just the eye candy. Well, that's all I am. That's, that's all I am. That's, well, they can't. They can't uh, see me. Uh, <laughs> I'm even. I'm even wearing my OU hat today. You're gonna make me get my editing work in this week. I know, man. Yeah. Dude, um, big game on Saturday, bro. For all our listeners who don't know, it's called the Red River Rivalry. It's between Oklahoma and Texas. They've been playing for like 125 years. Long time. Texas has been spanking that booty for 125 years. (laughs) Bro, bro, you can't say that on the podcast. You can't say that. They're going to censor us, man. This ain't, this, this ain't cable, bro. This ain't Showtime, bro. Oh man, you know, did I did I tell you the story about the dude that I met in the park up here in Canada that was wearing an Oklahoma Sooners T-shirt? Uh, I think you did, yeah. Yeah, man. And you were like, did did we just become best friends? <laughs> I was like, do you have a best friend? Would you be mine? <laughs> um, yeah, no, man. It, it was pretty crazy, dude. This guy, yeah. He, and then uh, the other day, we're like in the neighborhood, and uh, you know Joshua Mackay, one of our planning residents. Josh and I was going somewhere, and he came and picked me up, and we're in our neighborhood, and we turn the, uh, we're at a stop sign, and this guy, we get, we get, we get uh, behind this guy, and he's got a Sooners one license plate. Hmm. And I'm like, what? And it's like a crimson, uh, like red, you know, SUV. And it was the same guy. And, oh, really? uh, yeah, yeah. It was the same guy, man. So he's a OU graduate. He moved up here. He said about, uh, six years ago, um, with his wife, his wife's Canadian. Uh, but he's from a little town in Oklahoma that it's amazing. That I know. It's amazing that out of all the people in Canada, you met the only other, uh, Sooner <laughs> fan in the entire nation. Oh like, man, that's wow. funny. That's God's providence. That's, amazing. <laughs> that's hilarious. You know, I, I stopped like stopping people when I see, like, I remember one time I first moved up there, this guy was wearing like a, like a Penn state t-shirt or something like that. You know and I'm like? You know, if our listeners don't know, like, I'm a huge college football fan. That's my sport. And I'm like, uh, oh, wow, you're a Penn State fan, huh? 
He's like, do what? And I was like, put your T-shirt. And he's like, oh, I got this at Value Village. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Go Maple Leafs. Go Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, and, and then the guy was like, why are you even talking to me? Basically, <laughs> you know, it's like, so. Yeah. Yeah, man. But yeah, it's going to. a lot up there. It does. It does. Yeah, man. It's going to be a, um, it's going to be a good game this year, man. I think. Texas is primed, man. You guys look really good against LSU. Okay. In the opener. Okay. I'm being serious. You did. Yeah. You well, almost got that onside kick. I think if you would have gotten the onside kick, it could have gone into overtime. But yeah, I think Texas is uh, really good this year. I'm being serious too, by the way. Well, I mean, I don't think that they're bad. I mean, they're ranked 11th in the nation, so they're obviously not a terrible team. So it'll be a it'll be a good matchup. It'll be interesting but, to see what happens. But as Keith Jackson used to say, you can throw all the records out the window when these two play. There you go. Doesn't really matter who's ranked and who's not or whatever. You know, it's just such a good robbery. Yep, it is. Listen, I can talk about this all day, but that's not what this podcast is about. It's not. It's not. It's not why our listeners tuned in. Our listeners tuned in to hear us talk about church planting. And There's so, some tennis fan listening right now. like, man, what are they going to talk about the U.S. Open? I just... We'll talk about tennis. Well, this isn't the podcast for you if you want to hear this about tennis. This is not the podcast for you. Go play racquetball, loser. Okay. All right. <laughs> let's get into what the we, topic. Let's do it. What are yeah. we talking about? So we're going to talk about church membership today. Um, All right. So uh, church membership in church planting, there's a lot of kind of discussion around uh, this, you know, like when should you implement church membership? Some people believe that it should be, you know, instituted like right when you launch the church. Some people wait mm-hmm. a couple of years and there's, you know, so there's different beliefs and philosophies behind that. And so I thought it might be a good idea to kind of dig into this topic because as far as I know, I don't, I don't know of any um, very, very many resources out there that actually talk about this from through the lens of church planting. And, yeah. uh, you know, they can kind of give some guidance as to like, how do you even implement church membership? What do you do? Where do you start? Uh, when should you do it? Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. That's good stuff, man. This is uh, right up the lines of being in the trenches, you know, real practical good things that planners need to hear. That's right. That's that's kind of the idea behind the podcast. So we'll uh <laughs> Hey, we should what? we should start a podcast that's like just we for sh- practical tips we should, for planners. And we should call it in the trenches just, you know, cuz <laughs> for guys that want to get their hands in the dirt and yeah. Yes. It's a good idea. Yes. I like <laughs> it, man. I like it. I'm kind of just for our listeners, I'm kind of coming down off of a cold, so I'm kind of uh I feel like I'm a little bit spacey this morning and I'm a little bit out of it and my voice might sound a little bit weird. So I apologize for that. So basically you you won't be able to tell any difference. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Whoa! Zing! Zing! Wow. Right. <laughs> no, obviously just, obviously yeah. Matt Matt is on his A game this morning. He's in peak form. So Jared's, I'm sure Jared's he'll, like, he'll carry us. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Jared's like, oh man, if I if I come off like a Nyquil junkie, it's just because I am. It's yeah, it's because I am on Nyquil right now. Or at <laughs> yeah, least I was right. last night. So hey, hey, dude, <laughs> Erica, <laughs> I think it was Nyquil. She, when, she she didn't know that Nyquil can make that made you uh like drowsy, right? And see, she, she so didn't I was know? like, yeah, she was like, does it always make you drowsy? And I'm like, yeah, babe. It, it does. Like it makes you drowsy. Cough medicine. 
I think it was night. I'm almost positive it was NyQuil and it was something that makes you drowsy. And like, it was common knowledge, everybody, but she, she's like, no, it doesn't. And stuff. And I was like, well, we can look it up. And like, I showed it to her and she's like, mm. <laughs> I was like, okay. You know, okay. I mean, yeah, church, church membership, bro. Church membership. So, um, yeah, I, I think, kind of to start this conversation, we should probably define what church membership actually is. Um, Just because we don't want to assume, you know, that we're all on the same page with that. So let's talk about first, what would you say church membership is? I think church membership is men, women, boys and girls, anybody who babies What's, what's, <laughs> I saw your, I saw your face. So I Dude, just said babies so too. Obvious, you're literally just like making stuff up on the fly right now. <laughs> no, no, you said you, I saw your face. So I thought I'd throw in babies too. Yeah, I know. No, hey, no I, the reason I'm being serious, man. Boys and girls, I have, I have a twelve for our listeners. I have four children, three of them which are born again. They genuinely trusted their life with Christ, and and they're. They're members of Fellowship Pickering. Uh, so I would say anybody who has repented of their sin, placed their faith in Christ, has been baptized through immersion and have committed to a local church to say, I want to come under the authority of this church. I want to serve in this church. I want to use my giftings in this church. I want to come alongside with other brothers and sisters in Christ to advance God's mission in this community, in this church. Um, that's like a really ruffle, rough ruffle. That's like a really rough, simple way I would say it. You have potato chips on your mind right now, bro. I always have potato chips. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, uh, covenanting with one another and with God uh, to serve the church and to be an active part of the community, to be uh, an active part of the mission of the church, uh, is how I would, uh, you know, probably define church membership. Um, mm-hmm. So it's you know when you're when you become a member of a of a church, you're um, you're saying that I'm a part of this family, uh, I'm a part of yeah. this body, I'm committing to these people. These people are committing to me and we're doing so before God. Um, yeah. And it's, I, I believe it's a, uh, I believe it's biblical. I believe that it's an act of obedience for several reasons. I think that, you know, first of all, you know, commitment is, is good. Uh, like ultimately church membership and uh, you know, the body of Christ has been designed for our good as Christians yeah. because um, uh, being in community with other believers is one of the ways that God um, finishes the work that He's started in us. So I, I think that um, uh, I think John Piper said one time, "Eternal security is a community project," and I like I yeah. like how he summed that up because you know, like work called and commanded to exhort one another every day as long as it is still called today so that none of us will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin in Hebrews mm-hmm. chapter 3. And so, yeah. you know, God uses the church, whether that's the teaching from the pulpit or whether that's accountability and admonition from one member to another to warn us uh, and keep us away from sin, to encourage us whenever we're, you know, doubting, uh, to pray for one another so that we might not fall into temptation. So, like, that's yeah. where, like, like, God uses the church as the means by which the saints persevere, uh, I yeah. guess. So that's that's one of the reasons that church membership is so important, because if there's not that covenant relationship where you're not committing, then number one, it's difficult to know who's actually in the church and who's outside the church. 
And number two, um, it's very difficult for the it, well, it's impossible for elders to do things like exercise church discipline, which is for the good of the people, if we don't know who's a member and who's not. Yeah, no, I think it's good. You know, I've been, uh, we're about to start a new series of the book of Acts and um, just been reading and studying a lot about the early church, you know, and I think a lot of times we have the tendency to romanticize the early church and say like, oh man, but you know, the early church had a lot of issues. Um but, but I think that the one thing that what we see, especially, you know, like um, in Acts 2, you know, we were talking a little bit before we even got on here, is that I don't think there was any confusion about who was in or out of the church. No. I mean, like, I think, um, you know, like I'm, I'm for church membership, I'm for covenant membership, but ultimately it's, um, I think about John the Baptist, for example, when he's preaching and he's baptizing all those, all the, all the Jews that are coming around the surrounding communities. Remember the story? And, yeah. um, he, he, he calls us one group, like who, who called you here? Like you brood of the vipers, like, you, you know, and he, he talks about like how ultimately the people, uh, he talks about like a, a fruit that will be born of repentance, you know? So like uh, if, if there's genuine, re- it's like the old saying, like, how do I really know I'm saved? Well, do, like, do you bear fruit of that repentance? Mm-hmm. Do you bear fruit of what you said you've done? and how you've committed your life to Christ. And I like to think of church membership in this similar way. I mean, I don't, I don't think like when, when you're those guys and gals, when they're on mission in the early church, I don't think there's a lot of confusion about, you know, are you a part of this church or not? Because like they they were in, right. They were committed, they were yep. serving, they were engaged. So yeah, I think it's important. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, you know, context is obviously, you know, matters because, you know, in the early church, um, you know, if you became a Christian, then you were, you know, opening yourself up to persecution. So, I mean, obviously, um, yeah. you know, people didn't, it wasn't a good idea to run around saying you're a Christian if you actually weren't. <laughs> and it wasn't something that people would want to do. Um, yeah. And here, culturally, you know, like we, we're in, we were coming out of centuries of Christendom where it's much different, where, you know, everybody, uh, it seemed, claimed to be a Christian. So there was almost a more of a need for church membership um, in, in the, as we know it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like to, to what we're, to the point of what we're talking about today, I don't think anything should, should really change, bro. I mean, like, I think I, I still believe that today when somebody repents and professes Christ as Lord, just like in the early church, it should open you up to persecution. Mm-hmm. If you're on mission, if you're obeying, and that's also the value and the importance of coming under covenant membership. Yeah. You may not lose your head in a place like Toronto or DC or, you know, in North America, for now anyways. But what, what I'm talking about is when, when you say, I, I want to come into this body, there are all kinds of pros and benefits and all that kind of stuff too. But like when we lay out, we'll, we'll get more into this, but when we lay out what it means to be a covenant member, like there's, there's things you have to do. There's things that are expected of you. You, you, you welcome in a new set of responsibilities. And like you mentioned church discipline and you're subject to that, you know, you're, you're subject to, to submitting to authority. So there's a commitment as well to saying, I want a covenant with this body, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, in today's culture, when we've got, you know, a, uh, I mean, I think we've got a, a kind of a, uh, 
almost like this pervasive attitude and culture that is very much against commitment and yeah. is very much against like the idea of a covenant. I think that that um, actually makes it even more important. Um, you know, that's why we use the word covenant membership, you know, a lot of times. I, and I know we're not the only church that does that. There's a lot of churches that do that as well because we want to connote that, you know, like it's not, this isn't just like a membership where like you're joining a club, like this is a covenant that we're making with one another, uh, much, much like a marriage covenant where yeah. you are, you know, committing to, you know, selflessly serve one another. Um, and, you know, it's not about what you can get out of this relationship. It's about what you can put into this relationship. It's about what you can give. Uh, and so, uh, which That's can be right. a powerful testimony in our community, in our society, uh, when there's very little of that to be seen um, in the broader culture. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as far as like <clears throat> church planning goes, then Matt, uh, how soon should church membership be instituted in a church plant? I mean, should that be something that happens right away? Should you start, you know, from the core team phase? Uh, should you start having people covenant together in membership, or uh, you know, is it better to wait? I, I probably would have answered this differently, you know, when we started um, than I would today, because like anything else in life, you know, you learn as you go. Um, hey, wasn't that a country song? Uh, life's, a some, life's a something you learn as you go. Life's yeah, a ride or something. Learn as you go. <laughs> That's how I, it goes, man. I, I, I forget. I forget. I didn't think you're actually going to start yeah, singing. Hey, I used to, hey, I grew up on country music, all right? Absolutely, man. That's a classic. It um, is a classic. We, we don't know who sang it or what the title we is. We don't know who sang it. Our list, listeners, I, please email, email us the title. And the, I tell you one, I tell you one lady who would know exactly who sang that. Life's a dance. You learn as you go. Life's a dance. You learn Damn. as you go. My, Erica would know who sang that. I promise you. I'm, she loves country music. She well, loves, she listened to all that stuff. Well, keep talking um, and I'm going to Google it while you're talking. Google it, bro. Um, yeah. So I would have said like, okay, so just a caveat. I mean, I feel like we were so clueless and just not knowing how to do certain things when we were called to church planning. And um, so we really were trying just to figure it out as, as you go. And by the way, man, that's one of the, it's, that's one of the great things, like um, such a blessing and honor to do this podcast because it's helping so many planters. Like the feedback you guys give to us is so encouraging, you know, and, people just walking up to us in conferences or places we go and, and um, saying how much it's helping you. Like that's so encouraging. Cause that's the whole point of why we wanted to do this. Yep. Um, but man, when, but I, I, I'm not trying to be um, arrogant or anything like that, but I can honestly say, man, when we planted seven years ago, stuff like this, I don't feel like was really out there. You know, I feel like just the practical things that, guys are talking about like us today wasn't really available. And, um, so like we, di I didn't come from a culture in the established church of like really valuing covenant membership. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, I, I, you could become a member and you had to go through a membership class and all that kind of stuff. But I don't feel like, um, in the churches I've served at in the past, like it really meant much, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Right. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm a member of so-and-so I'm moving my letter to this church or whatever it might be. You know, you mm -hmm. heard that language in Southern Baptist life. So like when we started, we didn't think about membership really, man. Um, I don't know why it just wasn't really on our radar. Um, I think a lot of it's how we started, you know, we, we parachuted in and, 
um, I was, our time was really occupied with just seeing lost people come to Christ. And then when they came to Christ, we started to disciple them, but we didn't, I never made that shift to like, Oh yeah, we got to become members, you know? Um, but with that being said, we still did it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. We launched in October of 2013. We moved in July of 2012. And what I would do different looking back on it, I would have started to do it with our core team, the people that were coming to Christ. Yeah. Like as we made disciples, we would have included like church membership and, and covenanting and all that stuff like in our living room. But what we did was we, we waited almost a year and a half. I think our first membership class was like in mid 2014 okay. when we did the first one. And we had a lot of people, I mean, in that first one. Um, not everybody in the church, but we had a good number that, that did it. Um, and we, I mean, we've learned so many lessons. <laughs> I remember we, we used to do like a four hour long membership class. Um, and we covered everything in that class, man. And, um, anyways, so yeah, I, I now for our listeners, if you're listening, I would say like, start with your core team pretty soon. They, it's important that they get that DNA and they see where you're going as the church builds, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I would agree. We uh, uh, we did it in, in our church plan in Canada. We did it in our core team phase. <clears throat> and then here in D.C., uh, again, we did it right before we launched. And then um, on our launch Sunday, we actually had like uh, our church covenant printed out on a big, like old looking piece of paper. And part of the launch service was we had all the members who had covenanted come up and sign it ceremonially so that, and we're getting it framed and all that stuff. So it's kind of a cool yeah, thing, but, um, cool. yeah. So pin with a pin with the big feather, they, I wish, di- they, they dipped it in ink. I wish we would have had that. It was, we are in DC. It was kind of like signing the constitution or the declaration of independence or something. Except more important because it's a church covenant and that kingdom is not yeah. going to fade away. So, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, the reason that I liked doing that though is because it, it kind of put church membership at the forefront and yeah. it's, um, I think it kind of communicated that, Hey, we value this, that this is, that this is important. Uh, and we were able to kind of teach people who are there about, you know, what it actually means and the significance of, of this action, uh, things like yeah. that. So, um, I think that the, the problem with waiting to do church membership, um, is that, uh, I, I, again, you're, um, you're just going to have a tough time, uh, I, I think, really distinguishing between like who's in the church, who's outside of the church. You're not going to really be able to practice any sort of church discipline uh, properly. So you're not going to be able to obey the scriptures in that as long as you don't have uh, you know, church membership in place, uh, which I think can be really problematic. Uh, people, are I, listen, pe- people are listening. They're like, man, Jared really wants to, <laughs> Jared really wants to discipline. Well, that's the only, that's the only the second time I brought it up, but it's important. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Hey, okay. <laughs> You're you like, know, you, hey, you gotta do church discipline. If you, if you want to have children and you don't want to discipline your children, then that's cool. Let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> it's ex- it's exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. It's what's well, not exactly the same thing, but it's, <laughs> but it's a similar concept. It's, it's true. I allow anybody to spank my kids. But if, okay. if you're not a covenant member of Fellowship Pickering, only only the leaders. 
only the leaders can speak. Okay. Is that what you're No, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just mad. No, it's true. You're 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 exactly right, man. Like <clears throat> if if you don't if you don't define who's in or who's out, like I, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. When we first started, we had so many lost people in our church. We didn't do the Lord's Supper for a long time because the Lord's Supper to me is really sacred and you're not supposed to take it lightly. And I was afraid that we would have a lot of people take the Lord's Supper that weren't Christians mm-hmm. and it would become a weird thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, look looking back on it, it probably still would have been weird for like my wife and I to take the supper with like maybe two other people and like mm-hmm. all the others are sitting there watching us. But I still should have done I still should have done it to model what it looks like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it's the same for church membership. I think a lot of guys are nervous, man. Like, I think I, I know me, <clears throat> me personally, I had seen, and you as well, you know, like at churches you've served at, we had seen so many people just like go off the rails, do what they want to do. And to your point about the church discipline, I mean, honestly, there are some people that needed to be disciplined, but like, we're not doing it. The pastor's not doing it, you know, because there wasn't, there wasn't the structure in place. It wasn't taught. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't instituted. It wasn't, uh, people weren't educated on all those things. And so it's, it's important to do. It's important to let people know, Hey, you're a part of this because here's the thing. You can't build your church on the back of like seekers. You just can't do it. You Mm -hmm. know, the, 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 what the church by definition are people who have repented of their sins and placed their faith and trust in Christ alone. Yep. So. Yep. No, that's good. That's true. Um, well, what needs to happen then if you're going to institute church membership as a church plant, uh, how do you do that? Like, what are some of the steps that you need to take? Uh, where does a, where does a church planner even start, um, to begin doing that? Man, I would say there's first thing is, uh, you, you do, you have to define what a church member is and what a church member does at your church. And there's so much good information out there, man. There's so many good resources available. Um, I mean, I think some planters, I've, I've discovered some planters are guys like if it doesn't come from them, they don't think it's touched by the Holy Spirit. And so like they, they have to get away in their office and they have to write out membership materials for like months. And that's okay. Like, don't misunderstand me. If that's how God's wired you up, you need to do that. Um, but I think there's a lot of church planners that would be more than fine with saying, hey, can I get a little bit of guidance or can I get a little direction with what it looks like? And I, for what I, I have unashamedly just asked people, Hey, can you send me what you got? And I have used it <laughs> yeah. and I will never apologize for it because I am not yeah. interested in writing my entire own membership packet. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm the same way. I, um, you met him actually down in, um, Atlanta a, a couple weeks ago, but a good friend of mine, Chad Grigsby, he's a callus now in Ohio. Um, he planted a church in Tennessee and, um, and I asked him, and in Arkansas, and I asked him, "Hey, man, send me your send me your stuff." And I used a lot of what they used, um, but you know, h- helping you have to under you have to teach why you have to because like, for everybody listening, there 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 is some I don't I haven't heard a lot lately. 
But there is some debate around this subject, right, bro? Like some people feel like oh, church member, you don't have to do church membership. Mm-hmm. I, I personally believe church membership is biblical. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that's good. And I think that there's, I think that there's, uh, there's a lot of strength behind it. Just seeing being on the front lines now and, and all those kinds of things, but you have to determine why you're doing it. You have to give the biblical precedent for why you're doing it. You also have to speak into the context of the culture because it's going to be tough to find a passage. It does talk about covenanting together and loving one another and unifying all that kind of stuff. But you're going to be tough to find a passage to say like, and become a member of a local New Testament church. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you, you do have to teach why we're doing this. And I think you also have to speak into the culture in a culture that today says you can take or leave whatever you want. We don't get to take or leave these responsibilities. No. Like this, this is what we do. Like we do these things out of scripture. So you have to define what a member does. Mm-hmm. You have to define the responsibilities. You have to talk about some difficult things. You have to talk about how, Hey, a church member gives a church member serves. You're expected to be here on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't. We don't want you to take off six months. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, we 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 want to keep up with you. All the all that kind of stuff. You know. So yeah, I, I would say a few of those things. I can go on and on, but mm-hmm. I won't for now. Yeah, I think that you know you've got to be very clear about what you believe as well. Um, so you know your statement of faith is one of the most critical parts of uh, you know a membership packet. So as you begin to create you know, what we would call a membership packet and or your membership yeah. course or whatever that's going to look like. Whenever, whatever it is that you're going to give to people to show them, hey, here's what it means to be a member at, you know, you know, Main Street Baptist Church or wherever your yeah. whatever your church is called. And, you know, so like having a statement of faith on there uh, is super important. You know, your statement of faith is going to be, this is our non-negotiables. This is what like you must affirm if you're going yeah. to be a part of this body. This is, these are the things that we can't, you know, um, disagree on basically. Um, so that's, that's a critical piece of it. Uh, and then, you know, it's also an opportunity for you to kind of, uh, share a little bit about, um, like we have in our, uh, membership packet, we have a section called distinctives mm-hmm. and, uh, all the Praetorian project churches have that actually. And basically yep. it outlines like, okay, so these are things that aren't necessarily a part of our statement of faith, but these are things that make us distinct from maybe other Southern Baptist churches. So this yeah. is what, you know, something that, you know, you're going to find at Pillar DC that you may not see at every other Southern Baptist church. And it's okay if we're not, we don't see eye to eye on every single one of these things. It doesn't mean you can't be a member. Um, but you know, in fact, there's probably going to be at least one of these things where you may not be a hundred percent there on, uh, with us. Yeah. Uh, but this is, we just want you to know, like, this is who we are as a church, you know? So like a couple of examples for us is like, we, we teach from a reformed perspective, you know? So mm-hmm. like when you come and you listen to a sermon, like you're going to find that, you know, the Bible is, uh, taught and preached from a, a reformed perspective. Uh, you know, we're complementarian, uh, is another distinctive. Uh, we emphasize church church planting. So like we're going to plant churches and talk about planting churches and give towards church planting. So, uh, you know, those are some of the distinctives. Um, and then another key part of a, uh, of of church membership is you need to adopt a membership covenant. So Mm -hmm. you need to, the covenant is the actual agreement. It's the, the thing that a prospective member actually reads and says, you know, I, Jared Huntley covenant to dot, 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 dot. What are you actually asking people to covenant 
to do, that's where they're going to sign on that dotted line. And one of the things they'd be covenanting to do is to affirm your statement of faith, um, among other things. So, yeah, you said something that's really important, you know, talking about the distinctives, <clears throat> we, 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 we use the same terminology, but we talk and, uh, we say like open-handed and close-handed issues. Yep. And like, I think, yeah, I think that's really important for our listeners to hear because, you know, I, I remember one time a guy came into our church and I've told you the story before, but he was like, man, I'd love to join your church, but, but I can't. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, why not? And he's like, well, because I speak in tongues. And I'm like, who told you you couldn't join our church because you speak in tongues? And he's like, well, you guys are Baptists, right? And I'm like, yes. And he said, well, Baptists don't speak in tongues. <laughs> and I was like, well, brother, I don't, I don't know who told you that you couldn't join this church because you speak in tongues. I said, if, 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 uh, if now I will tell you this, if you try to join this church and then you try to teach in this body that speaking in tongues is a, is a higher form of spirituality, then no, you can't join this church. But I said, let's have a conversation. And I think it's, but we have those things documented, right? Like literally we talk about some of those issues in our membership, in our membership class. We talk about that stuff. We talk about things that are open-handed and that we can agree to disagree on and things that are close-handed that we will not agree to disagree on and that you shouldn't join this body if you disagree on, because ultimately you're going to bring division which is ultimately going to cause challenges to advancing the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So the, the membership class is really important, man. Just really quickly uh, tell our listeners, like I, I mentioned to this, uh, like, cause I know if I was listening to this, I, I, I want to get picked back up. If I was starting again, um, like how to do a membership class, we used to do a four hour membership class directly after our service once a month. And that sucker was so long and so exhausting. And we had like 70 something pages in our membership packet and all these things. And we, we fed them a meal, we provided childcare, but it was just too much. And so we cut that thing way down to about an hour to 90 minutes at the max. We send them that information beforehand. We have them read everything in there and we ask them to, we, we ask them for a testimony. We ask them for their statement of faith, all that kind of stuff. And then we have them read through that. We ask them to ear tag or check mark anything that they would have questions on and stuff like that. And then they go through the membership class. And then the third step is an interview where we can ask them questions. Mm -hmm. We want to hear their testimony. They can ask us questions and that's done with one of our elders. And so that's kind of what we do. Um, Cause I wish somebody would, even if you get membership materials, a lot of times churches won't take, tell you exactly what they do. That's kind of what we do. You might want to share what you guys do. Yeah, that's good. We, um, <laughs> you know, ours isn't too different. Um, we also, uh, I've, you know, found ways to kind of shorten the actual membership class. So, um, you know, we'll, we have people sign up for membership class and then, uh, usually it lasts about 90 minutes. Uh, and, um, we try to give them the, uh, membership packet ahead of time so that they can review it and they can come ready. And then we just basically walk through the membership packet and we really, uh, there's two main areas that we focus in on, uh, that we try to read verbatim. Number one is our statement of faith. So like, we're going to read that verbatim at our membership class and yeah. we're also going to, uh, 
we're gonna we're gonna go pretty uh, pretty uh, closely over the distinctives as well, uh, and then we're gonna read verbatim the covenant itself. Uh, yeah. Those are those are the three super important areas. We we teach over all of it, um, <clears throat> but those are the areas we really try to hone in on. And then from there, we have people schedule an interview. So that's the next step is they would yeah. sit down with uh, uh, with at least one of the elders. Um, to uh, go over their testimony. So a couple of things that are happening. And I try I try to, we call it a, a membership conversation. And I'm trying to get away from that language of interview because it's really not a, like we're not, uh, it's not like a job interview, you know, we're not like looking right. for people to qualify to be able to join our church or something. Like it literally is a conversation where we just want to get to know them better. And we, and it's honestly like a lot of it is giving them an opportunity to ask us questions that maybe they didn't want to ask in front of the class or in front of a group. Exactly. Um, exactly. So that's super important. Um, I've seen, I've actually seen somebody get <clears throat> saved at a membership um, uh, interview before where, yeah. uh, and I've seen, I've had people admit to being in an affair <laughs> in a membership yeah. interview before. Like, I mean, crazy stuff comes out of these conversations because you're uh, oftentimes talking with people about things that they've never sat down one-on-one and talked to somebody about before. And you're asking them questions about their lives. And it's super important to protect your church. Number one, to make sure that you're not allowing wolves to come in. Uh, and number yeah. two, it's good for the person being interviewed because it's really kind of shining a light onto their life. Like, am I really following Jesus? Am I yeah. really, you know, uh, abiding in Christ? You know, am I living like as a Christian should, you know, am I, uh, living in a manner worthy of the gospel? Like Paul says in Philippians one. So, yeah, man, I, it's, it's amazing what comes out in those, when you can, um, like get into a dialogue with people and start to unpack some of these things. It's amazing. The things that come out, yep. you, you mentioned something that's really important for everybody here. Like, I think a lot of guys, when they think of membership class, they think of like, this is for Christians to become covenant members of my congregation and we're going to teach them what we believe. And yes, that is true, but you also need to treat it like an evangelism class. Yep. I mean, like we, we start with the gospel. What mm-hmm. is the gospel? What does the gospel mean for our lives? Like we, we, we even tell, we even give opportunity for people to come to Christ in our membership class. Like what, what better way? It's like when guys preach the Lord's supper and they don't extend an invitation. You know, it's just like, come on, man. You know, it's it's a great opportunity to show what what it's all about. So, yeah, it's a good word. Yeah, amen. Um, well, anyway, so after the uh, after the membership interview, um, you know, if everything's good there, we actually have them sign the covenant uh, right yeah. there on the spot. Mm-hmm. And then, since we're we're uh, a congregationally led, uh, you know, church. Um, so we, we, we practice congregationalism. The next step would be, we would email, um, out our members and say, Hey, you know, Joe Smith, uh, has affirmed the membership covenant. And so the next time we meet as, uh, for our next members meeting, we're going to be voting, uh, to, you know, affirm Joe Smith as a new member of pillar DC. And that, so that's what would happen at the next members meeting. We would, um, present the, uh, membership candidates who have affirmed the covenant and uh, and we would say like, Hey, here's the people that the elders have recommended for membership and the congregation um, usually you know almost always will affirm 
<clears throat> yes, unless there's something crazy going on that we were not aware of. Uh, you guys do that in membership meetings. Yeah, that'll happen in a membership yeah. meeting. And then and then they would be presented before the church on a Sunday morning at a, a subsequent right. Sunday morning. Uh, but right. we don't do the I don't we don't do the voting like on a Sunday morning. Um yeah. we would do that at a members meeting. So yep, awesome. that's our process. Cool, man. So it's a lot more buttoned up here than it was in Oshawa, I'll be honest. Like when we were in Canada, we just were a little bit more laid back in our approach, I think. Um, you know, we kind of just it what we weren't as uh, functionally uh we weren't we weren't congregationalists as function you know, functionally uh maybe yeah. so much as we are here at Pillar DC. It was kind of more um you know, if the elders recommended somebody, it was kind of like, all right, they're good. You know, like, right. <laughs> like there was not really an official vote or anything by the members. Uh, the members yeah. kind of just entrusted that to the elders. Uh, so, you know, right or wrong, that's that's how we did it. Um, do you guys just yeah. do the whole yay, nay thing? Or do you like actually do ballot votes? Um, well, so I can't speak as if like we're like, we literally haven't even had our first membership meeting here. We actually are having it in a couple of weeks. So I'm kind of talking about it. Um, like this is what we're, this is the process we've lined out and this is what we're going to do, uh, moving forward. So we'll do, the plan is to do yay, nay votes, um, like not ballots, but, uh, I, I mean, I think it would, like we still are working. I'm actually one of our projects over the next couple of weeks is we're working on our constitution. And so, I got you. uh, yeah, we're, uh, I, I don't know. There may be some things where, uh, it might be better to do a ballot vote. Um, but I feel like affirming, a a, a perspective member is something you can probably just get done with a yay nay. Um, so yeah, man, go, go back to, uh, Robert's orders, rules, Robert's rules of, of order, rules of order, man. I had to, Woo, man, I had to learn that sucker inside and out. Yeah, it's a good time. It's my favorite part of church is uh, all of those things, is having those meetings and figuring out how to write a constitution. That's why. That's why you got into ministry. That's why I got into ministry. Who doesn't? (laughs) Who who doesn't, joke. I joke, but it is an important part of what we do. And it's, you know, like... Uh, you know, even though it might not be like the most exciting part of, of my week, it we do it because it matters. We do it because it's important. Um, and you know, it's, it's a part of like safeguarding what God has entrusted to us, uh, as as shepherds. So, uh, even though, you know, there's probably, I'd rather be, you know, meeting for discipleship with somebody most of the time, you know, it's something that we need to do and we need to take serious. So, well, Hey, talking about, we talked about church discipline earlier, and membership and stuff like that, you know, and I, I honestly, in all seriousness, I think we could do like an entire episode on church discipline, how we do it, how we don't do it, have all that we, kind of have stuff. Have we not done that before? Have we? I feel Maybe like we have. We may have. I mean, it's not like we can't circle back to it, but I'll have to we're go back a, and look. We're getting a library, man. I know we are. <clears throat> well, how do you think, how do you think church discipline and things that would, church discipline is just an example, but like, how do you think church discipline and others within the covenant membership line of that of things that people? How do you think you hold people accountable to that stuff? How does that stuff work in the like the pre membership phase, like um, of a church plant? Like so, like what is like? Are you asking like how does church membership work before you've instituted covenant membership, like in a core team phase? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, think that, I think that'd be a question that like our listeners would want to hear because yeah. I mean, how do you how do you have accountability 
within your core team and within your body before you get to that stuff. Cause I mean, to be honest, there's probably people listening who are like, Oh crap, I need to do covenant membership. You know what I mean? They haven't mm-hmm. done it yet. And mm-hmm. they, they, they're probably running into potential problems and issues. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Hey, I thought you were a part. It, it's like, I've coached so many guys. It's like, I thought you were a part of our team. It's like, what are, are they? Did you tell, are they covenant members of your team or are the, is there like expectations of what they do on your team? You know, mm-hmm. like, well, no, well, that's probably why, you know, you're having problems. Yeah. I besides, think, besides we're wicked and we'd like to sin. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, again, this is the reason why, you know, you should probably not wait too long to do church membership. Um, but secondly, um, you know, I think that if you run into a situation where, um, you know, you're having an issue with one of your people on your core team or something like that, then, you know, one of your actions of recourse, um, can be, you know, uh, like the Lord's supper. Like if there's somebody who's living in unrepentant sin, like obviously, uh, if you're taking the Lord's supper, which you should be doing, even if you haven't, uh, instituted church membership yet, yeah. then, um, that person should not be coming to the Lord's table, um, and partake of the Lord's supper with you. If they're living, and repent unrepentant sin uh me and and what i mean by that is if you've gone to them biblically like if they've been you know matthew 18 style they've been approached uh by one or two members of the church and confronted about their sin and they have not they've refused to change and then you as the church planter have also gone to that individual and confronted them in their sin and they're remaining obstinate then at that point like uh that person is uh endangering the entire body and really endangering the entire work by continuing to live in open sin and they're endangering their own soul. And so for their good and for the good of the entire church, like you need to be able to take measures and steps to, um, you know, uh, like Paul said, I mean, like, hey, this language can make us uncomfortable, but I mean, like, this is biblical language in First Corinthians five. You know, Paul commands the Corinthian church to the man who is like living in sexual immorality says, hand him over to Satan so that he will learn not to blaspheme. You know, and like, yeah. uh, I, I mean, that's essentially what you've got to do. And so, um, and then, um, you know, obviously, you know, once you do implement church membership you know, you would not receive that individual into church membership until they had repented and they were, you know, walking, uh, in righteousness. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's good, man. And kind of as we wrap up, you know, I, I think it's also, I think it's also important for planners to understand, like when you're being sent out, it's why it's so important to have a sitting church. Like, I think, I think the sin network did a study or NAM did a study and said like, the success rate of a sending church versus a church without a sending church was like exponentially higher than like not having that. Yeah. And, um, I think a lot of planners maybe don't always feel like they're under the authority of their sending church or that they're accountable to their sending church. Yeah. And along the same line or vein of, of being a covenant member, I think it's important that church planners understand those principles like as we're sent out from ascending church, like you're still under the spiritual authority of that pastor or of those elders of that sending church. And you should still be updating and reporting and being accountable and stuff like that. I think that's important too, that, that guys understand that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is why churches should plant churches, because yes. if you've got a sending church, then you do have some recourse to be able to like if you've got somebody, especially if it's a, if it's somebody who is sent out along with you from your sending church, then that yes. person should still be a member of the sending church, just like you are yes. a member of your sending church until you are commissioned out and you become a member of your new church that you're planting. Uh, and so if that individual on your core team is a member of your sending church, then your sending church elders would take the responsibility to institute the church discipline process. Uh, and they may, uh, they may decide to delegate that authority to you as the planter. Like that's up to the elders of your sending church to determine how they're going to carry that process out. But this is why, like, like there's a, there's a popular, um, you know, like, like one of the things that seems to be popular nowadays is, you know, for, uh, you know, planters to kind of go out as, you know, lone wolves and, you know, just to go and, and start planting churches without, you know, the authority of ascending church backing them. And this is one of the, the, the reasons that that can become problematic. Uh, and yeah. this is one of the reasons there's wisdom in having a sending church, because what do you do when you get into a situation where you've got a church discipline issue? Like you really biblically don't have any recourse. Um, well, listen, so. if there is, if there is any, if there is any human being on the face of the planet that needs to be under spiritual authority and have accountability in their life, it is the church planter. Amen. Because, Church planners, by our nature, are prone to take risk, are prone to do some things that um, other people that think playing it safe might mm -hmm. not. And, you know, you can make decisions with money. And, you know, for example, if you've been in a church where there's a ton of red tape and there's not a lot of fluidity in how you can move as an organization in decision making, because you got to go through this committee and that committee and this committee you could swing the pendulum on the other side and you're given, you know, $50,000 from a church that really loves what you're doing in church planning. And somebody in your church comes along and says, man, I'm going to lose my house. I need $50,000. And the planner says, I'm going to give that. I feel like God wants me to give this guy $50,000. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Like what, who's, who's helping him make those decisions? Mm -hmm. Like who's, if he doesn't have the gift of discernment, um, then he's, you know, and he's just thinking, I got to build this church. I mean, like he could throw away 50 grand, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just think having that accountability and having that structure is really, really important. It's why we, back to your point, it's why we say churches plan churches. Like organ, and we're seeing this a lot these days. And I think it's, I, I think it is problematic where you have guys that are being sent out and essentially commissioned by organizations yep. that, are not churches. Everybody, yeah, every, they're not churches, and everybody and their dog knows they're not really being held accountable for what they do and how they do it. Yep. From, and it can be from um, heretical teaching. It could be as bad as heretical teaching mm -hmm. to um, financial decisions to um, whatever it might be. And I think that's. I think it's problematic. It's, it's along the same lines, this discussion, and I don't want us to get off on this crazy rabbit trail, but like it's along the same lines of this debate where you don't have to be an elder to plant a church. Like you can just go and plant a church. You can like you've never had hands laid on you. You've never been ordained. You've never been commissioned. You've never been trained. You never you know, all, all you need is that calling. I'm called. 
And so you don't need a local church to train you, prepare you, equip you for the ministry Mm -hmm. and for the calling. Yes, the calling is important, but you need a local church to train you and be with you. And I, and I think a lot of guys are so excited about that idea because not just because they think it's biblical, but because they don't want to come under authority. They don't want the accountability of, Hey, you can't do that, man. That's right. Yeah, man. And it's super dangerous. And, you know, like, I think you can start off with very pure motives. um, But if you go off and, you know, you're, you you go off on a venture to start a church and you are not under the authority of ascending church and you're, you know, basically, um, you know, uh, being quote unquote sent out by, you know, an organization that's not really checking in on you. That's not checking that your teaching is sound. That's, you know, not actually like, uh, you know, truly holding you accountable. Uh, then I'll be honest, like you're being a fool. Uh, I'll just like biblically, like that is a foolish endeavor to, 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 uh, to undertake, um, because you are, uh, yeah, it's just very naive to think that the enemy is not going to be able to come in there and, and be able to really like do some damage. Well, who's going to tell you, who's going to tell you what you're doing is wrong. Yeah. The, the, the guy you led to Christ, you're, you're, you're now his spiritual father. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to be like, Hey man. I don't know if you should be teaching this. I mean, praise God that that does happen because the Holy Spirit lives in that leader just like he does the new convert. And he teaches us, hey, that's not right what he's saying. That doesn't jive with the word of God. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's the same thing what we see in places like the fellowships and like, uh, you know, the the prayer touring project and the pillar network and stuff like that. People are always like, oh, man, that's great. You guys start a network and stuff like that. But what people don't know is there's a lot of guys that we've said no to. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we've said no to is because they like the idea of being part of a family and getting the relationships and the connections and the money these, and the money <laughs> and the money that these networks have. Mm-hmm. But what they don't want is the accountability. Yep. They, they don't want us to say to them, Hey, this is how we make disciples. If you're going to be in this network, this is what we do. This is, these are our, our distinctives. Like you said earlier, these are what we're about. And they're like, uh, it's not for me. And what they're really looking for is a chunk of change to kind of go and do their own thing is what you find out. I know that sounds harsh, but it's true a lot of times. Yep, it is true. So, man, we could keep going. Uh, There's there's all kinds of stuff we could talk about when it comes to this topic, but uh, we're going to have to wrap it up for now. We're starting to push the limit. Um, Mm -hmm. But we want to thank our listeners uh, for tuning in to another episode. Sorry, our episodes have been kind of sporadic recently, but uh, life's been a little bit crazy uh, for for both Matt and myself uh, recently, but we're hoping to get back on track of having uh, episodes each week. Um, So, but hey, that's what happens when you're doing a podcast by Everyday Church Planners for the Everyday Church Planner, because lots of times church planning reality just kind of uh comes in and as you guys as our listeners probably know uh things can kind of get busy and crazy sometimes when you're planting churches so uh but we do appreciate you guys and we pray that this podcast continues to be a blessing for you and that it's beneficial for you uh as long as as long as matt and i keep having fun and it keeps benefiting you guys we're going to keep doing it um as really that's the only reason we do this 
thing. Um, so uh, make sure uh, you head on over to www.getinthetrenches.com and you can find links to our other episodes there. We've got tons of content on the website. And if you haven't subscribed and left a written review, uh, we really appreciate those of you who have left written reviews on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. It's really helped increase the exposure uh, of our podcast. Um, and, you know, I think uh, I said last episode that we actually uh, made uh, Send Institute's list of top 10 uh, church planning podcasts. Um, that people should be listening to. So that was pretty, pretty cool uh, just yeah. to see that, you know, uh, people are benefiting from it. So make sure you go on, hit that subscribe button, leave a written review. It just helps get our podcast into the hands of more church planters and fans of church planting who are looking for good content. So uh, we'll be back next Monday with another episode of In the Trenches. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planters. Church planters.